Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Welcome to the show today. You guys, I am smack dab in the middle of spring break. And I have a strong suspicion, even though I'm recording this a couple of weeks before, that I'm going to be doing nothing and enjoying it. Whatever you are doing today, I am really glad that you chose to spend about 45 minutes with me and my friend Scarlett today. One of my favorite things is hearing how you guys listen to the podcast, or maybe I should say where you are when you listen to the podcast. So many of you driving, so many of you out on a run, and I like to imagine myself running right beside you. Uh, But I want to say thanks. Thanks for listening again. We have a great show today. My friend Scarlett Hiltabidal is back on the show again. She was here a while ago, but she's back because she has a new project out. And we have a really great conversation today. I love talking to Scarlett because I feel like we're such kindred spirits in so many ways. Her new book is called You're the Worst person in the world but she says a lot of times we say like I'm the worst or I'm just a mess and then we stop there and she says we need to take it further and that involves Jesus being the best because it's freeing for us you're gonna like our conversation you guys I have some some kind of big news maybe some breaking news shall we say so if you've been listening to the podcast for the last couple of I don't know month if last month for sure I have asked almost every guest that I've interviewed if they have watched the television show cheer Now, even if you don't hear me ask them, oh, I've asked them because I've been dying to talk about this show with somebody. And so many of them are like, no, I never did. Lindsay here, who is on my team and runs the whole shebang over here, we have talked a lot about it. Well, about two weeks ago, I found out that my friend Jackie Hill Perry also wants to talk about this show. So we sat down and we chatted all about cheer and it's going to be a special episode on Friday now you're like Jamie that's not how the happy hour goes the happy hour is you bring a friend on and and you talk about something that like matters in life well here's the deal (laughs) here's the deal even if you haven't seen this show there are some things about this show that are worth talking about that have to do with our culture and and how we elevate people and man there was this quote and I'm not going to say it here I'm going to save it for Friday that I cannot wait to talk with Jackie about that Ladaria said And I started crying because it reminded me of the gospel. Yes, you know that Jackie and I are going to take this TV show and bring it back. So anyhow, come Friday, make sure you subscribe to the show. Wherever you listen to the show, just go find the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. Hit subscribe. You always know when we have a new show out. All right, you guys, here's my conversation with Scarlett. All right, Scarlett, welcome to, I should say, welcome back to the Happy Hour. Yay, I'm so happy to be back. I'm happy that you're back. The last time you were here was February of 2019. Oh my goodness. Is a, that true? a lifetime ago. Wow. That's what my that's what the internet no, it told is. me. It's true. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And we talked about anxiety. Yep. And we talked about adoption as well. I remember um, that. Yeah. So um, I was going to tell you a funny story that I just told my husband this morning and I haven't told anyone else so I get to tell you. And I Yay. think you will relate a little bit. I think we our brains kind of work the same way and we have to fight a bunch of Yes. Anxiety things. <laughs> um, are you? What's your enneagram number? Three wing four. Everyone thinks I'm a six. You're a six. But I'm a six. Yes, <laughs> right? yes. I think I've heard yes. you say that. <laughs> yeah. So yesterday when I was home alone, I was at in the kitchen and I was working, and um, I need to go to the restroom. And so I walked down to our bathroom that's downstairs, and it was locked. But I was the only one home. Okay. But the fan was going on the bathroom, 
And so I'm like knocking and no one's answering. There's always people at our house. So we have a studio next door. So it wouldn't have been a weird thing for there to have been a random person that I didn't (laughs) even know in my house. And so I'm knocking and no one and I'm knocking. And my first thought, (laughs) this is terrible. My first thought was like someone died in there. Oh, like someone was using the restroom. They locked the door and they died. Yeah. And so I use my fingernail to open the door. And of course, no one's in there. But I'm telling that story to my husband this morning. And I said, wouldn't you have thought the same thing? And he said, no, I would have never thought that. I would have never, I would have thought someone accidentally locked the door and shut it. And I'm like, man, your life must be so much better because you don't think that you're always going to walk. Like, I feel like I'm a walking like uh, SVU. You know, how they're like running yeah. through Central Park and then they just find someone. Yeah. That's, I need, I need to tell a friend today. No, and I feel I like totally you could relate. I completely get it. I told my husband once that I was like, are you ever driving? And then you just imagine like, what if a nuclear bomb went off right in front of where I'm driving? And he's like, no, I've never imagined that. Like, oh, okay, great. Good talk. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're like, nope, me neither. <laughs> yeah, Obviously. Me neither. Just, yeah. just kidding. Anyway. Yeah, it is so funny. I'm and glad no one died can... in your bathroom. <laughs> no one died in my bathroom, but I was very, very nervous about it. And then I started to think, what would I do? Like, okay, okay. Um, oh, wow. I had it all planned out. Don't you worry. But Man. Well, I have a plan. I have a plan. (laughs) Welcome back to the happy hour. And the reason I can tell you that is because last time you were on, we talked about anxiety because of the book that you released about what it, I'm afraid afraid of of everything. Afraid Afraid of all the things. things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Such a, such a good book. But now introduce yourself because you have a new book coming out. I do. I'm so excited. Um, Okay. The new one's called You're the Worst Person in the World. (laughs) Yes. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I, I think it's important to also say the subtitle. Um, why it's the best news ever that you don't have it together. You aren't enough and you can't fix it on your own. Mm. There you go. That's good. That's good news. And you still, you live in Southern California. You got three girls. Yeah. So I was going to say last time I talked to you on here, I basically everything in my life has completely changed because I was in Tennessee and I was pretend farming and now I'm in Southern California. I do still have the three girls and I do still have the two bunny rabbits, but, um, And, and you still have your husband. I still have my husband. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, logis- a lot of logistics have changed. What took you guys to Southern California? Um, so the medium-sized version of the story is that when I met Brandon, he was a church planter pastor in Miami. That's where we met. I'm originally from Southern California, so I feel like I'm back home now. Mm-hmm. But um, we met in Miami. I was living there. He was living there. Um, and he ended up pastoring with Eric Geiger, who ended up working at Lifeway, being vice president of Lifeway. Um, so we moved out to Nashville following the Geigers and then Eric went back into full-time ministry here in Southern California. And basically we follow the Geigers and I'm like, okay, Eric, can you guys not move? Because I really like it here. And apparently we just follow you every time you move. So, um, yeah, my husband's back in full-time ministry pastoring out here and I I love it here. So at the, at the Geigers church. Yeah. So it's a, this is just a cool thing. So it's marriage church. Um, in Orange County, and Eric is the senior pastor. And, you know, during COVID, you know, people couldn't meet for a really long time. And so this cool thing started happening where all of these congregations started popping up in like random um, parking lots and watching the videos of, so it was like these little mini churches forming. And, um, you know, Eric and Kay have been shepherding us along the way in every way since we were young punks is what I tell people. Um, And so Eric brought Brandon out here to like now it's I think it's these four new campuses that have kind of um, formed and so Brandon's kind of overseeing making those all become a thing or they're already a thing but you know and they were literally birthed in parking lots during COVID parking lots yeah it was crazy it was so cool 
So we came out last Easter and visited. Um, I think it was six weeks from the time we visited on Easter um, to us living here. It was crazy, wow. crazy fast. Um, but so he does that. And then he's also the lead pastor of one of the congregations. And so it's been a fun adventure. That is awesome. Well, you guys live in a beautiful place. Uh, yes. That is for sure. And I know you're glad to be home um, where you spend a lot of your time. So I want to have some conversation today that I think a lot of women are wanting to have and maybe even trying to have as well. You know, there is this big kind of, um, I don't want to say like movement or whatever, but people kind of take this, uh, I'm the worst, but then they stop right there. Like, right, you know, like, I'm such a mess, end of story, period. I'm the worst at this, period. And I think what you do in this book so beautifully, and I read it, it comes out um, April 5th, you guys, is you you don't stop there. Like, you continue with the good news of the gospel. Um, And you say, in the very beginning of the book, you say, I want to remind myself and remind you that believing we are the worst and remembering that Jesus is the best can, strange as it sounds, help us be free and full of joy. So I want to unpack that a little bit. Um, Maybe even start with, why is this message important to you? Mm. Um, first of all, you're so good at your job, Jamie. <laughs> you're so good at it. I just have to compliment you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, yeah, you nailed it. Um, why was this important to me was because I stopped there where you just said. I stopped at I'm the worst for so long. Um, I grew up um, in the church and I grew up a perfectionist. And, you know, my first book, Afraid of All the Things, is about all the anxiety I carried with me for so long. And the main one being that spiritual anxiety of, you know, have I gotten this all wrong? Is God going to say, depart from me? I never knew you. That's in the Bible. He says that to me, you know, Um, and just feeling this constant fear and panic that I wasn't doing it right, that I wasn't being sacrificial enough, that I, it hadn't made its way from my head to my heart. Like, how do I know? And I, you know, I'm a, like we we just talked about, we are similarly wired in like, you know, an overthinker, a, you know, (laughs) let me have a strategy for whatever. Um, And so I, I was a pretty miserable, joyless Christian is how I would describe it. Not all the time, of course, but, you know, kind of my baseline was that panic um, of like, how, why don't I have the joy and peace that Christians have? You know, you see it in the Bible and then you see it in believers. And that's the most beautiful thing. You know, when you meet someone and you're like, they have the Holy Spirit living in them. And I wanted that so bad. And I had moments, but then the moments would end. And then I would just go back to my baseline of striving and, um, and yeah, so I would, I would look at God's word as kind of like a, okay, the, you know, and you've heard some of my testimony, um, with afraid of all the things, but you know, like, this is what good girls do. They read the Bible. And so it was like this weight I was carrying around with me rather than this gift that changes your life and, and gives you access to the peace and joy. Cause you're actually like communicating with God and learning who he is. So anyway, all that to say, um, it was a huge thing for me to learn Um, just to take the focus off of myself (laughs) and, um, you know, my own, what can I do for God? Like what we do for God is from him anyway. He gives us everything we have. Um, And you've written about this, you know, and you be you, like he's, he's made us the way he's made us and, um, and it's all for him. So if we get it wrong and like focus on ourselves, we're going to either be like, I'm so awesome when we succeed, or I'm the worst person in the world. And let me just wallow in that when we fail. But, you know, if we're reading Romans and we see, okay, we can actually look at our sin and be heartbroken by it, but then that can lead us to repenting, turning from our sin, Mm -hmm. confessing it, bringing it into the light with our community and then saying, oh my goodness, I'm forgiven. Like that's how, why I can have joy. 
because mm. of Jesus. I'm forgiven. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I basically like compiled an entire book of a lot of my failures um, because I hope, and, and you do the same thing in your, uh, what's your first book, Jamie? Um, if you only if you knew. Only knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you're like, share your story because yeah. it helps other people share their stories. Like, I hope that when people read this, they're like, okay, I don't have to hide from my failures. This is an opportunity for me to yeah. embrace the peace that comes from the gospel. Totally. So. Yeah. So being vulnerable with, you know, here's where I'm struggling with or here's where I'm broken, but then not pointing people to Jesus, I think is where we can get caught up. And so I want you to correct me if I'm wrong here. It feels like there could be two kind of, I'm the worst in the world. One that's like, I'm the worst, but I'm going to find the strength. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to take it. And then there's the, I'm the worst and that's it. Like there's no hope. There's just, I'm the worst. Um, You quote um tim keller in here and his book the reason for god which is everyone should read this book um and he says the christian gospel is that i'm so flawed that jesus had to die for me yet i'm so loved and valued that jesus was glad to die for me this leads to deep humility and deep confidence at the same time it undermines both swaggering and sniveling is that how you say that word Sniffling, sniveling, sniveling, sure. sniveling. Look at me. I'm not trying sure. To this out. Listeners, help us out. I think help us out. I'm not sure. <laughs> it says he says I cannot feel superior to anyone, and yet I have nothing to prove to anyone. I do not think more of myself nor less of myself. Instead, I think of myself less. And I think that sums up those two different ways, you know. Yeah. And so, talk to the woman who is like, I know I'm the worst, but I'm going to get myself together and I'm going to make it happen. Like, how long can we actually? That cannot sustain us. Right. Exactly. That's the thing. I think that, you know, man, I'm just so grateful for Jesus because it's like, if you don't have Jesus, then that's what you go. You either, you can't just stay stuck in a hole of sadness Mm -hmm. and despair. So then you're like, okay, well, what am I going to do? And I think it's so human nature to try to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. And just like you said, it's like, you know, you're still doing the same thing because you're, you're still making it about yourself. You talk about that when you talk about why hustling hard didn't work. (laughs) Like, like, talk about that a little bit. Like, th- what you you title it? Why hustling hard won't cut it? Like, you yeah. couldn't just hustle yourself. It's when you're talking about uh, when you started writing and you're publishing dreams and stuff like that. And then, oh yeah, what changed? <laughs> yeah, talk about that. Yeah, I was. I'm glad that you expounded because you've read it more recently <laughs> than I have, Jamie. You know I know. I just read it this weekend. It. So yes. Um. Yeah. So writing was like I was one of those weird people who, at nine years old, I was like, I know what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Um, and so I was like writing little books and my mom saved them and I'm so glad she saved them, but they were so bad. And, you know, um, so yeah, it was a, definitely a, an idol, a, uh, self-glorifying thing. I didn't know it was at the time. I was just like, you know, I had a teacher tell me I was good at it. And so I was like, Oh, something I could do, you know? Um, and so I just pursued it like crazy. And meanwhile, I am that miserable Christian I described a few minutes ago where I'm striving, striving, striving to please God and pull myself up by my bootstraps every time I fail. Um, but then I'm also striving, striving for this dream of writing chiclet, <laughs> mm-hmm, which I um, love, which was so fun. And the mm-hmm. books are terrible. Um, but I'm really happy of, that I had an excuse to like share one of these horrible ideas and laugh at it now that I wrote when I was like 20. Um, Tell us one of the ideas. Okay. So one of the ideas was the, um, the title was Fat Neck, No Problem. And w- her, were any of these written? Were any of these? Yeah, oh, they they're written. Make- they're fully written. <laughs> yes. But this never got published. So here's where I got with them. I wrote them. I bought that huge book, guy, uh, Jeff Herman's Guide to Literary Agents and What They Want, okay. whatever. Uh-huh. Um, every year they put one out. I would literally find all the agents in America 
and how they wanted to be queried. And I sent it to hundreds of agents and a lot of them responded with kind things. All of them rejected me with good for good reason <laughs> it was like but are you grateful now for those oh, rejections <laughs> so I'm, i am so grateful i'm a little worried because the internet exists and i'm afraid someone's going to be like i'm going to find you know now i was smart enough to have a pseudonym when i first started writing and so my really horrible early stuff is not really findable unless you know what my fake name that was. is hilarious why did you do that were you just like um, i just have this intuition or is that the thing here's why okay so this is all lumped together with, with your original question, but yes. I was like striving for this thing. Right. And so meanwhile, I'm doing college and I got out of college and I became a teacher because I was just like, I'm done being a secretary. I think I could, even though I don't have a teaching degree, I could work at this Christian school. So super sweet kids. It was great. It wasn't like, you know, I would go home at 3 PM and write fiction novels that were really bad. Um, but I was also going on Craigslist and applying to like get $10 for an article about construction and half marathons and stuff I knew nothing about and didn't care about. And so the reason I did the fake name was I was like, you know, I was writing about stuff that was like, it was just, you know, and I had these people, like I had my first writing job, official writing job was for this antique website. And it was like the 70 year old guy. And he would give me like detailed notes on what I would write. And he'd want me to write like research papers about grandfather clock. It was such good practice. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, anyway, all under fake name. So all that to say, why hustling hard didn't work. That's what yeah. we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm hustling, I'm trying. And, um, you know, I was striving, striving. It wasn't really working. And then God is so good. I'm so grateful that he changed my life and my mindset and helped me learn to get to that next step of repentance and joy and peace and freedom. Um, and so then of course, because writing was my hobby, I was writing about that, but I'm, I always tell people I'm so grateful that I didn't have the opportunity to get books published when I was still in it for like, let me be an author, you know, because by the time I actually got to put a book out, like I, not that I didn't care anymore, not that I wasn't excited anymore, but I knew at that point, like, it's not going to make me happy <laughs> to fulfill to one, you know, and anyone who has lived any life will tell you, you want, you know, in high school, you want the boyfriend, you get the boyfriend. Does he like me enough? Or, you know, how long is he going to like me? You get the job you want. Okay. But when's the promotion? You know, it's like, it's never enough. And so by the time I got to start doing what I always dreamed of doing, I already knew that that wasn't the thing that was going to make me happy um, or, or valuable, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> You said in that part about hustling hard, you said, I wanted to succeed as a writer more than I wanted to be satisfied in Jesus. And I, and then when you said what changed, you said you were learning how to rest in the work of Jesus rather than striving to win love and get attention by accomplishing things. <laughs> I was learning that God is good. I was learning to enjoy being his daughter. I was learning to treasure him and his word. And I think like that is so applicable to all of us, whether you want to be successful as a writer or you want to be successful as a mom or as a college student or as a CEO of a company or running a nonprofit, when that success is or that desire for success is larger than the satisfaction in Jesus, that's when everything gets off. You're talking here about, you know, having to like die to yourself daily. And I think that's important to talk about because here we are talking about something you felt in your 20s, but there's no way that you can tell me I'm good. I don't deal with this anymore, right? Right. Like, isn't it so easy to be vulnerable about something that happened 10 years ago? <laughs> you know? Right. Be like, man, yes. 10 years ago, I really messed up. Um, 
man, yes, you're completely right. And, you know, it also brings to mind just the other day, um, like my kids are a little older now, so it's way easier for me to keep my cool. Um, when they were babies who were having screaming tantrums, like I just do not do well with that. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I like don't raise my voice at them. Like we just have a pretty genuinely happy home, which I'm so, so, so grateful for. Mm-hmm. But I, and this sounds like I say it kind of jokingly, but you know, it's how these things work. Like in the moment, it was not funny or cute or right. anything, but we had just gotten back from a trip. We had no groceries. I had my thyroid taken out a few years ago. So now I'm kind of like an old woman with energy sometimes. And I was like, I need Chipotle and everything was just kind of going wrong. <laughs> hangry. I taught my girls the word mm-hmm. hangry. Yes. And I like yelled and I was just like a scary, crazy lady jerk. And then Brandon and the kids went inside with our suitcases and I went to Chipotle to nourish myself so I could go grocery shopping. And I felt horrible because I was just horrible. Um, and yeah, it was like, this was like two weeks ago. And I'm like, you know, in the moment, that second that you are horrible to somebody, <laughs> you think, how am I doing that? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm 36 now. Like, I should be over right. being a baby like that and just being mean, you know? And then I came home and I, like, got down. I gathered my girls um, who are elementary age now. And I just apologized. And I told them I was so sorry and that I was mean and that that was awful. And it was like, and it was so sweet because my oldest hugged me and she said, of course we forgive you, mommy. Every time I mess up, you, you forgive me. And it was like so easy for them to forgive. And I was so like moved by that because it was like, oh my goodness, like the gospel, I believe it because it changed my life and Jesus changed my life. But when you get to experience it on the other side where it's like, mm. you hope, okay, I hope my, my home it really is centered around. I hope my right. kids really know that they can fail and still be loved. I hope they really know that the good things they do, um, don't give them value, but it's just the overflow of, you know, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit working through us. Um, And it was like, oh my goodness, you know, yeah, I still struggle. I still fail. I still get overly emotional and overreact. And, um, you know, but grace is real. And how beautiful is that? You know, I was just so grateful. But anyway, all that to say, yes, I still struggle and I have to die to myself daily and with striving and ambition it's like if you take your eyes off of god for one day then it's so easy yeah. to believe to the distractions and the lies right you know? yeah and i think dying to ourselves daily is also like dying to ourselves but also reminding ourselves of god's love for us yes you know because you you write in here about uh you tell a story about when you had your thyroid removed and um it made me laugh because you were asking these four questions over and over again do you remember them or do you mean oh, to yeah. tell you no you say them <laughs> okay you're asking like do i have a next scar and then you said, how big is it? And then you're crying, crying. Where's my family? Crying, crying. And then does anybody love me? Isn't that and you funny? were saying that over and over again. Yeah, on a weird, sad loop. My sister told me that. She was she was pulling my hand down. Every I kept trying to rip my neck tubes out, because the draining tubes, because I didn't, uh-huh. I wasn't out of it. And I was just going, ah, does anybody have an ex-car? Ah, does anybody love me? Ah. Yeah, and then when I like came to, I was like totally happy on the good hospital drugs and everything was fine. Mm-hmm. The whole point of that part of your book was like, well, we always doubt that we are loved oh, and that yeah. we have this great love. And I think dying to ourselves is also dying to our flesh, dying to what we want, dying to our own ambition, our own whatever it might be. And plus mm-hmm. reminding ourselves of the gospel, reminding ourselves of the truth of God's love for us. Um, and I think sometimes we forget that part. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's the whole grace and truth holding hands thing. And it's, there's a pendulum and it's so, I've been talking to, the, to a lot of people about this lately, how 
Like I think back to um, when I first started writing Christian books, like I was so heavy on grace because my own personal experience was I had been so focused on truth (laughs) and like, these are the rules, like not the rules, but you know, this is what God's word says. And then when I was radically changed by Oh, the pressure's off. Like I'm I'm because you had a whole long list of rules. You wrote like half of them in this book and it was like three pages. I'm flipping. I'm like still (laughs) Scarlett's trying to work herself into the kingdom. (laughs) Oh yeah. In this new book, I have. Yes. It's a comical list, but it's not really, it's not really a joke. Like I forgot what I said in there. It's like pray every day when you're praying, make sure that you have perfect motives. But while you're praying, also make sure you say something that makes other Christians go, "Mm, yes, Lord. You know, it's like, this impossible list of like pure motives. I read it and I was like, poor Scarlett. First of all, it's a lot to keep up with. Uh, But then I thought like, man, I have done this. You have this mental checklist of what makes you a good person. So I'm going to read some of yours. Okay. Okay. Because people are going to relate to this. Say no to drugs. That's a good place to start. Say no to drugs. Say no to drugs. (laughs) Don't eat too much. Don't eat too little. Only drink lattes with nonfat milk. Don't lie. Don't lie about lying. If you do lie, don't think bad things about people. Don't say bad things about people. Don't pray too little. Make sure your prayers contain at least one poignant part that makes believers all in maturity levels who are within earshot go, mmm, yes, Lord. (laughs) Don't pray while thinking about what people think of your prayers. If you do pray while thinking about what people think of your prayers, repent immediately. Make sure you read the Bible. Make sure you enjoy every moment of reading. your. I mean, you just go on and on and on, and it's exhausting. Exhausting, right? And I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Like, I really right. feel like that. And you were saying, like, remembering, like, God's love for you. Like, that's hard in those moments when you're trying to just meet a standard that is unmeetable. Yes. We were talking about the pendulum. Yeah. So it's like yeah. truth, truth, truth. And then I was changed by grace. And then I was like, grace, grace, grace. And honestly, um, something that's been really eye-opening for me there has been moving from the Bible belts, which I lived there for 10 years to California um, because there's a lot of, you know, kindness here and Mm -hmm. a lot of people who do not know anything about God. And so I've just been reminded the last we've lived here since last May. So not that long. um, I've just been reminded about what you're saying, how important it is to not just go one way or the other, not Mm -hmm. just focus on, doing good deeds or following a list, but also not just focusing on we're loved. It's like um, in Romans when Paul says, um, does this mean we should go on sinning because grace abounds by no means? It's like there's that person, and I've been this person before, who is like, oh, because of Jesus, I'm free. And then you're you're not pursuing a relationship with him. You're not pursuing, um, you know, loving the others um mm-hmm. <laughs> doing what we're yeah. called to do because you're like oh but i don't have to earn anything yeah it's it's both it's both ways and you know, i think it's great that we have to have both of those uh you talk about an experience in here uh when you were 19 and there was a homeless man um named pete that's your friend started bringing to church tell us about that story okay pete that is that is his fake name i feel like i must say to everyone um so i was a i was dating my husband at the time he was a church planter and we had a office in this warehouse building. And I was the um, administrative assistant. And so one of our friends, Jake, he would like, he made it his mission. He would make peanut butter jelly sandwiches, go out, um, feed homeless people, you know, tell them about Jesus. And he got permission to have homeless Pete. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. what I call him in the book. Um, Like just sleep on our, on the couch in the office because, you know, he was out there on the streets. Um, and they were trying to help him find a job and get his life together and stuff. It was very sweet. Um, I was not in a great 
headspace at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was, well, first of all, and we talked about this last time I talked to you, I was fully anorexic, bulimic church secretary mode. <laughs> so I was still very much married to my list, but also mm-hmm. had this like double life addiction yeah. where I mm-hmm. couldn't find my way out of that, you know, um, deceit. So, you know, I was already exhausted with that. Yeah. And I was very focused on how I, you know, my own appearance of self-righteousness. And it wasn't, I mean, that sounds so gross and terrible, but it was also like, I wanted God to approve of me. And you know, when you're like stuck in a sin pattern and you're like, well, if I do this, if I do this right thing, mm-hmm. it'll cancel out that wrong thing. Right. Like uh-huh. that's not how like it we're works. playing but, games with God. Yeah. Yeah. It's not how it works, but that's kind of how I was living. I would see him come in and I had no love in my heart for him. I was... I thought all the things that you should not think, um, all the unloving things. And there's more detail in the book, but I'll just leave it at that. Um, And so I remember going to our senior pastor and saying, I don't know what to do with this. I'm seeing this guy on the couch every day while I'm doing my work (laughs) and I don't love him and I don't want him to be here. And I, you know, feel unsafe with him here. And I'm a, you know, 20 year old, 19 year old woman. And and the pastor was like, pray for him, you know, of course. And then he took me to scripture where, you know, and showed me what to do. I'm like, okay, I'll pray for him. <laughs> you know, it definitely started as one of those, okay, I know I'm supposed to do this and hopefully right. it'll work and whatever. And it wasn't, you know, I, w- I was just continuing to have my bad feelings. Yeah. And then one day, um, so I'm 19, I'm driving a car my parents gave me for my graduation the year before. And, you know, when you're that age, it's like, and you're a perfectionist. It's like every wrong thing is the end of the world. So yeah. it was raining a little I hydroplaned. I was going over a hill. The car had stopped. I smashed into this car. And so it is the end of the world in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I get out of the car and then it's really raining. And um, I had one of those flip Motorola phones. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) I remember that. I think. Yeah, you remember those. And I called, you know, my now husband, Brandon, at the time, there was no answer. I didn't want to call my parents, tell them. And so I'm just crying. And then also (laughs) while he was sleeping on the couch, Someone from our church had given him an old um, an old truck to use to try to go get work. So I see his truck coming over the hill and he gets out and he goes, Scarlet, and he just grabs me and hugs me. Mm-hmm. And it was like all of my horrible, icky, unloving feelings melted away. And, you know, I mean, that's so the gospel. Like I was, mm-hmm. he had no reason to love me. I had nothing but unloving thoughts for him. And he just was there with me when I was a scared 19, you know, little girl who just got in an accident and was really scared. And, um, and I realized like, okay, I've been praying for this guy. God answered my prayer. And I was just faced with the ickiness and reality of Mm -hmm. my, the sin that I had. And, you know, you can hide sin for a little bit and think you're hiding it, but then you have those moments like that where it's exposed and it's like his act of love exposed my Mm non-love and, um, and I was so flooded with joy and peace because I was like, oh my goodness, like I did not deserve that. And yeah. here's um, homeless Pete. <laughs> and yeah. he wasn't homeless Pete anymore, you know? Yeah. He was Pete. He was a guy who was seeking Jesus and getting his life together um, and being loved by people who loved you. You know, mm-hmm. it was this beautiful yeah. thing that was happening. And so, yeah, it changed all in an instant. I do want to ask you, you mentioned at that time, and I think we talked about it a little bit in the last podcast, but it's worth talking about again, because you mentioned you were this 19-year-old girl working at church and you had this like secret sin. Mm. And I think that has been a lot of people's story of you're trying to keep all of the the whole list that I read earlier that you wrote, and there's a lot more, but we do that. We're like, if I can just do this, 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 I might not have to deal with something 
that's kind of secret and you can't and you talk about like I got this I can handle this I can do yeah. it can you talk about that a little bit with us yeah um yeah the beautiful thing that happened there was um God's living and active word because I was a believer at the time um but I was a stuck believer miserable stuff stuck believer um, he kept leading me to Proverbs 28, 13, which says, um, he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but if you confess, you receive mercy. And I would pray out loud, crying alone. Um, God, I can't confess this. <laughs> like, I'm a pastor's, I'm a pastor's fiance, turned pastor's wife. I work at a church. I go to Bible college. Like I can't, I will lose everything. I will ruin my reputation. I cannot bring this into the light. And you know, um, the enemy loves to lie to us in that way and tell us that if we are open with our um, sin, that we're going to lose everything. Here's what happened. So it was three and a half years. I was stuck in this pattern. Um, and I remember just getting to my rock bottom moment. I was in a parking lot of Starbucks drinking an espresso because I thought I was going to die because I was killing my body, you know? And it's like, I told someone this the other day, it's like, if you, you, God gives us the freedom to pursue things that are going to hurt us, but all my dad taught me this all sin leads to heartache and I'm, it, and it killed, you know, sin leads to death ultimately. And so I'm hiding and I'm lying and I'm just living this double life. And then I'm in this parking lot and I'm like, I'm going to die if I don't obey Proverbs 28, 13, which God keeps bringing to my attention over and over. So I call my husband who was a pastor. We're married at this point tell him everything. He says, you're going to go to a counselor. I said, I don't want to. He said, you have to. <laughs> um, and I went to a counselor the next day and I brought it all into the light. And she gave me this um, notebook that I was supposed to like write down every time I would have a <laughs> bulimic episode. Um, I was supposed to write down what happened and we'd figure out the triggers. And you know, it was going to be like this long process of healing. And I took that little notebook and I there was a church service that night. It was a Saturday, I think. And I remember walking into the church and going to the balcony and feeling so like exposed and icky and like, you know, that point of I'm the worst person in the world. Um, but I had obeyed, you know, I had finally, I'd been disobeying for so long by hiding it. And I finally brought it into the light, which is what the Lord kept leading me to do. And I'm not really sure the moment the miracle happened. I'm sure it was as I confessed it. But like, I literally never wrote anything in that journal because it never, I went to sleep that night. And I woke up and I just knew it was over. And it was like, it was an addiction. It was like a drug addiction. Like I could not stop doing these behaviors and it was just gone. And I was like a new creation, like for real. And I was like, what, how old am I at this point? Like 22. And I was like, you know, at the laundromat, you know, mm -hmm. saying, can I tell you what Jesus just did in my life? Like, you know, that on wow. fire thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I was experiencing the freedom on the other side of Mm. striving, 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 trying to be the best, learning that you cannot be the best. And then learning that obedience and pursuing the Lord and doing what he says in his word really does lead to freedom. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we're not perfect now, but we, but I, I don't feel enslaved, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you that say was a really in special here, thing. You said it's not possible to find freedom from what enslaves you if you don't see and admit and confess that you are so broken and you need to be rescued. Exactly. Exactly. Um, acknowledging that, you know, repenting, um, and then there is freedom in that. Um, I, I'm really grateful for all the work that you've done. I'm really grateful for this book. You guys, I got to read it um, over the weekend. You're the worst person in the world. Why it's the best news ever that you don't have it together. You aren't enough and you can't fix it on your own. Scarlett, thank you for this. It's gonna be such a blessing to so many um, women who read it. 
Okay, I'd love to know what are you reading these days and what are you loving? Okay, um, I'm reading three books right now. Love it. Okay, number one, Island of the Blue Dolphins with my <laughs> with my children, which I haven't read since fifth grade. Did you read that? Oh my in fifth gosh! Grade? I know. I don't think I have. Okay, show me the cover. Do you have it right there? I know yes, people I are right listening here. can't hear it, but okay. it will. It will. No, I have never read that, but we okay. have it at our house, so I'm assuming that maybe my children had to read it. Okay, I read it in fifth grade, and I'm a fifth grader, and so we're reading it, and I'm rereading it, and I, it's so great. And it's it takes place on one of those islands right there. So we're in Southern California now. Yeah. So I'm like, girls, it's like right there, and there's right there. some kind of thing we can visit, like about that because it's a true story. Anyway, yeah. so reading. Do that, you homeschool your girls? I do a hybrid. A hybrid. Yes. Okay. Got it. I love it. It's yes. So at home, and then we have a day of class, and it's it's all good. Um, love it. And so this is the other one: Twenty One Days to Childlike Prayer by Jed Coppinger. And I'm rereading this as well um, because it also has like, you can fill it out. And I read it to endorse it because he was our pastor before we moved out here. Oh, I love and that. And he preached about prayer. And Jamie, you know, when you, you know, when you read someone's work and then you meet them and you're like, oh, that's like real, you know, mm, and it's just yeah. so encouraging. And so this is such a good book. We sat under his teaching and um, he would preach about prayer and then he would get off the stage and we would talk to him and then me and Brandon would go to the car and we'd be like, he really prays. Like you can just, mm, yeah. you know, that like his family, you just know it's real. And so this is great. And then this one I have not, I just started it, but it's Christine Kane's book, How Did I Get Here? And it's so, have you read it, Jamie? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's so good. It's so vulnerable. And yeah, so that's what I I'm love reading. it. Great choices. Okay. What are you loving these days? Um, I'm loving um, Amazon tape and hair extensions. Oh, and I'm not. Do you have them <laughs> on right now? Oh, Jamie, I've had them on for the last year. I have been experimenting. Here's the thing: I'm not hiding this because I think the worst thing is if I'm like walking through life acting like, oh, nobody's gonna know that I've taped someone else's hair onto my head. Um, is this real hair? It's real human hair, and it's okay. like medical tape glue stuff, and it sandwiches. So, okay. So the long, the longer story is, I had my thyroid out in 2019. And my hair got so thin, like scary, bad, thin, kind of. It was already thin. And I went to a hair person for highlights and she's like, uh, there's not really anything here to highlight. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do an extension thing, I got to DIY it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I like have been experimenting and I really love it. And that's Amazon. There you go. Okay. Well, your hair looks amazing. Thanks. <laughs> you have to, Somebody's I'm going to ask, I feel like I have amazing. so many questions. I have you've put new ones you. in after every time you wash no or okay you wash it so it's and like keep it in six weeks yes it's just yeah. like so because it's human hair so i have so. friends that go to salon to get extensions i love it okay what else are you loving i'm so intrigued by the way but. um <laughs> what else am i loving uh i'm loving being close to the ocean mm. because i have lived so i live i spent a lot of time living in la spent a lot of time living in miami and i never ever went to the beach because my family didn't like the beach and so we just were never there. And it's so funny. Like, I can't even remember hardly ever being at the beach. And now I'm an adult, Jamie. And so I can you get to make your own decisions. Exactly. I was like, yeah, you're a grown up. Yeah. And it's a cold beach, which I love. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I love just sitting next to the ocean. It's fantastic. I love it so much. When I've been in Texas most of my life. And so our beaches are just like. They're Texas beaches. It's nothing to write home about. <laughs> but it's like normally always hot. And I'd go visit my mom's family lived in San Diego. So even mm -hmm. um, 
more southern than where yep. you are um and we would go to the beaches and they'd always be like bring a jacket we're gonna like <laughs> yeah. make a fire at night and i'm like what to the beach <laughs> and then in the water so cool all the things so yeah. yeah it was fun it was fun well scarlet thank you for coming back on the happy hour thank always you, great Jamie. to chat with you and congrats on this new book you guys it comes out april 5th so uh you can pre-order it now um do you have any pre-order bonuses or anything they can grab yes we do tell Jamie. us what are they <laughs> i'm filtering <laughs> through the details in my brain Okay, if you pre-order now, you get the Scarlet's Get Back Up Guide, which is a 10-day devotional that goes, It's but it's different content, but it goes mm-hmm. with the book. Got it. Um, and so you get that. And it also has a Scarlet's Get Back Up Guide playlist that is on Apple Music. So that's super fun. Love it. Yeah. Well, you guys grab grab this book and get your other book too, because that was a favorite of mine. If you want to hear our conversation about that, it is episode 234 from February of 2019. Scarlett, thanks for coming back on the happy hour. Thank you, Jamie. You're the best. Thank you so much for listening to the happy hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivy. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend.